32 years ago, there was not one single building on this property. There was no staff here. There were no students. There was nothing on this property but desert ground. A few tumbleweeds, that's about it. Lancaster Baptist Church 32 years ago was located at 304 West Lancaster Boulevard, downtown Lancaster. A small congregation of 13 people facing the possibility that their church may have to close called a 24-year-old pastor to come. His name was Paul Chapel. They couldn't offer him a salary. They couldn't pay his moving expense. They couldn't offer him any health insurance. But that 24-year-old pastor said, I want to do God's will. It wasn't all that exciting or attractive humanly. Sometimes God's will doesn't always appear to be the most fantastic thing humanly. But looking back, I'm sure glad that that 24-year-old young man said, you know what, doesn't matter. I want to be where God wants me to be. Now you've come 32 years later to this campus, nearly 100 acres, $75 million worth of buildings have been built. A church membership of eight or 9,000 people, a college, a Christian school, striving together publications, so many blessings because God can and he will. That's up to you. You get to hear a man today that's an example of what God can do and will do if you'll just simply say, here am I, send me. Dr. Chapel's gonna preach for us today. Let's welcome him as he comes to chapel. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for the warm welcome. Remain standing. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Luke, chapter 5. And I do want to welcome all of our guests that are here with us today, and I want to encourage you to get everything you can get and ask all the questions you have. Our goal, as I said last night, is to build uh, the finest example of a local church Bible college combined with the best academic program in America for those students wanting to serve in local churches around the world. And that's what this is all about, is getting the gospel to your generation. And so this morning, we're going to look together in Luke chapter 5. And I want to just make a couple quick comments to the choir. Choir, where are you? Let me see. Where are you at? I know you came back in here. You did an amazing job this morning. I want to commend uh, Brother Tyler. What a beautiful uh, rendering of Behold Our God. I was so encouraged. And you, you even looked good up here. I, I don't know if you told me where some uh, fall color and so forth. They looked great. They sounded great. And uh, what a blessing to see the music department of West Coast Baptist College growing and, and the preacher department, the missions, the education, all of it moving along for God's glory. Thank you so much for the beautiful music this morning. And uh, I do want to announce that this Sunday night, 
about 10 or 15 minutes after church, we're going to gather all the college students right here in the auditorium, and uh, my wife and I are going to host a question and answer time for you, and also have some pizza afterwards. I want to share some slides from our recent missions trip to Romania, as well as uh, some things we saw in England that are, of, I think, very, very interesting things related to church history and uh, some things that might be educational and exciting for you to see, and two surprise slides that I will not announce right now, but you will not want to miss these pictures, I guarantee, never shown before on this campus. And so, uh, don't miss right after church Sunday night. We're going to have a great, great time. How many of our guests drove to our campus? Let me see where you are. You drove. Let me see. All right. How many of you flew in an airplane to get here to be with us? Let me see where you are. All right. Good. Let me give you a little bit of advice if you flew an airplane. Always be very polite at the airport. People are so pushy and stressed, and there's the TSA people, and they, they want you to just stand just in a right line, and, and uh, there's uh, security, and people just get edgy around the airport. So always be very kind and polite. That's one lesson I've learned in the last few years. There was a fellow at an airport the other day, and he was standing in line right behind a gentleman, and the gentleman in front of him was talking to the Delta Airline representative, and, and uh, he started getting real frustrated and mad. He started yelling at the Delta employee. He started cursing at him. He was just belligerent. And so the man that was in line next stepped up, and he said to the Delta employee, he said, how do you put up with people like that, just people that are so mad and so despicable like that? And the Delta employee said, oh, you mean that jerk over there? It's easy. He's going to Miami, but his bags are going to Chicago. <laughs> so it's just best that you have a good attitude with everybody when you're at the airport. Just wanted to give you that little tip. How many of you think it's probably good to have a good attitude all the time anyways, right? And so uh, I hope that you're having a great day. I enjoyed teaching my class today, the practical theology class, ministry practical. We had a great time. Luke chapter 5 is our text this morning. And I'd like to speak to you on the subject of launching out at the Word of God or launching out in response to the Word of God. Luke 5, 1, and it came to pass as the people pressed upon him to hear the Word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and, he let, and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net." And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Let us pray. Father, there are some in this room who are thinking about how to catch a dollar, a job, a career, 
but you are looking for those who would catch men, who would reach souls, who would make a difference in the lives of others, not just themselves. So help us to learn tonight, this morning rather, about what it really means uh, to catch men. What does it mean to launch out at your word by faith? Give us faith for this generation, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The Lord Jesus at the Sea of Galilee was often teaching and training his disciples. And sometimes as he would come into their lives, he would give them commandments that really didn't make sense. He would give them the commandment that is found in the Scripture today, that they should launch out into the sea, into a sea that sometimes had sudden storms and great wind. And at times uh, when perhaps they did not feel it was best to go, yet Jesus called them to launch out. Peter was a common fisherman, but also a man who was learning to put his faith in the Word of God. And I want you to know that Peter's response to the Word of God in this text changed the course of his life forever, and it changed the history of the world as well. And I want you to listen very carefully, and especially our, our visitors and guests today, that it could be that your response to the Word of God this morning would change your life forever. Because Jesus asked Peter to do something that was not normal. It would require faith. And yet Peter was about to see God provide and move and open doors in a way that he could never have imagined. Now, as we understand the story this morning, I want you to begin by noticing the compassion of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that God is not going to call you to do something that is uh, frivolous, something that is uh, experimental, but that He is keenly interested in your success and in the blessing of your life for eternity's sake. And in our text, the Bible says in verse 1, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon Him to hear the Word of God, He stood by the lake of Gennesaret, or the Sea of Galilee, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Here we see in the Word of God the compassion of Jesus. The people were gathering round about him. Jesus had already called Peter and James uh, unto himself along with Andrew. But now we see that he's beginning to spread his message to other people. And I want you to notice here the condescension of Jesus Christ. We see this in verse number one. The people were pressing upon him. We see in verse number three, uh, the Bible tells us that he entered into one of the ships and that he sat down and he taught the people. I'm thankful today that we serve a God who humbled himself to take the form of a man and listen, even to enter into a stinky fishing boat, into a stinky and perverted and rotten world, he came. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Jesus came humbly in order that we might be saved. And he came knowingly. He is the omniscient God. He understood that we were sinners, and he understood that the world was fraught with difficulty and that there would be much in the way of unbelief. And yet he came, 
And I don't know about you, I'm glad that he came for sinners like me in order that I might be saved. And I see here the condescension of Jesus Christ uh, coming to our low estate. Sometimes we think that we're all that, you know, and we can make an A in algebra, or we can dunk a basketball, or we can preach a sermon. But let us never forget that all of us are sinners and that we're lost and on our way to hell without Jesus Christ and his shed blood. Jesus condescended to our low estate. But not only did he come to them, but he communicated with them. And he was willing to teach them, the Bible says, and that they might hear the word of God. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 43, the Bible says, and he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. And it was always the preaching of the word that was the focal point of the ministry of Jesus Christ. And that preaching of the word is why we established West Coast Baptist College in 1995. For this world does not need another computer, another car, or another airplane, another physical therapist, or police officer necessarily. All of those things are fine and good, but the greatest need of the hour is the preaching of the Word of God, and we need men and women who will give their lives to the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There are people in this country and people in other countries around the world who have never heard his name, and we established West Coast Baptist College that men and women might be trained in the Word of God and in the way of preaching and teaching and loving administering so that others may hear. And this is why Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word of God, he said. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap unto themselves teach having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. And that time has come, and many have turned their ears away from the preaching, and they'd rather have a rock concert, and they'd rather have uh, maybe some marijuana, and they'd rather have a party, but there's got to be a generation of young men and women who'll say, I'll give my life to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that men and women and young people will turn their lives away from sin and wretchedness and immorality, and come to the Savior and be saved. And I'm thankful today for the compassion of Jesus Christ. And you would not be here without the compassion of Christ shown toward you. He came to you. He came to me. He came to you through a bus ministry, through a Sunday school teacher, through a saved parent, through some pastor that went to Bible college like this and then came to your church and told you about Jesus Christ. I'm thinking today of a bus captain that came to my wife's door back in the early 1970s. And uh, his name was Larry. He knocked on my wife's door. She was uh, uh, living in a, in a mobile home park in San Jose, California. He was a, an executive at IBM. But every Saturday, he gave of his time to tell people about Jesus Christ. And the first time he went to her door, uh, she said, all right, I'll ride the bus tomorrow. Uh, but the next day when the bus came, she was not up and ready. The next time on Saturday, she said, okay, I'll ride the bus tomorrow, but she didn't make it on that Sunday either. The next Saturday, the bus captain came and he said, now, Terry, tomorrow 
we're going to have the world's largest hot fudge sundae at our church, and you don't want to miss the ice cream, and ice cream is my wife's love language. I'm telling you what, that was all she needed to hear. The next day, she was on the front porch waiting for the bus, and she thought she was going to go get some ice cream, but she got a whole lot more than that. She heard a sermon. She heard a sermon that told her that even though she was a sinner, and even though she was being raised in a broken home where her father was an alcoholic, and even though she didn't know the books of the Bible, and she didn't know the songs, that there was a God in heaven who loved her so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, and that Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary, and he shed his blood on the cross, and that blood became the covering for her sin, and that if she would just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, she would be saved. Oh, but she was afraid to go forward at the invitation. There were so many people, and she didn't want to walk to the front. That would be embarrassing. And so she sat in the back, and she rode the bus back home. But on Tuesday night, somebody came to her house. Somebody called a soul winner, somebody that had a compassion for souls. And they went into the house, and her dad was not there. Her mom listened, and that night, my dear wife, as a bus kid, accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior because someone realized that it wasn't all about being an executive at IBM. It was all about telling others about Jesus Christ. And I want to challenge some of you here this morning. There are things in this life so much more important uh, than just getting that certain job or that certain car. There are people who need the compassion of Jesus like you have received. And this is what we see on the shores of Galilee. We see a God who loves and a God who cares. But I want you to notice not only his compassion, I want you to hear his command. I want you to hear what Jesus says. What a strange command in verse number four. After he had left speaking... He said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Now Jesus commands Peter, first of all, to leave the shore. He said, Peter, I want you to leave, I want you to thrust away from your comfort zone. May I say to some of you juniors and seniors today, faith is the daring of the soul to go farther than you can see. You say, I don't see how it works financially. I don't see how I could how I could launch out away from my home and my comfort zone. And maybe you say, well, there's another college closer to where I live. But I want you to see the Christian life is a life of faith this morning. And that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, what God was asking Peter to do made no human sense. Peter had already toiled all night. Peter knew that you did not catch these fish in the daytime. You caught them at the nighttime. You did not catch these fish uh, in the daytime out in the deep water. You caught them in the nighttime in the shallow water. And may I say that sometimes what God asks us to do does not make common sense. It doesn't seem logical, especially to unsaved relatives, especially to unsaved friends. But here God says to Peter, I want you to leave your comfort zone so that I can intervene. And, and he says, Peter, I want you to launch out at my word. Notice in verse number six, the Bible says, uh, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and the net 
break. Here we see that there was going to be a great miracle that took place because they obeyed the word of God. God uh, was going to do something mighty in honoring their faith. And so the Bible tells us that they were to go out. Look at verse 5. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Would you say that phrase with me, please? Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. All the men, please. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. All the ladies, please. Nevertheless, at thy And the key phrase is, at thy word. Let's say it together. At thy word. What we're trying to discover this week and with our entire lives is, Lord, what is your will for my life? And we're not going to find that on television. And you're not going to find that from your carnal boyfriend. And you're not going to find that from your worldly girlfriend. You're going to find it from the Word of God. At thy word, I will let down the net. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And Peter was having to learn, and some of us are having to learn. What does it mean? Not to simply find easy street, but to find the will of God at thy word. I will let down the net. He was to launch out at the word of God. Oh, I remember going to South Korea as a missionary son. I was there for my 15 and 16 uh, and 17 year old years. And as I went there initially, I was not really living for the Lord as I should. I didn't really want to be there, to be honest, right at first. I wanted to be back in America, driving a car and playing tackle football and, and all of those things. But my folks were called to be missionaries. And so it was that while I was there, I went through a period of kind of rebelling and wondering why I was there. But God began to deal with my heart. I'll never forget Brother Getch, a man that came to visit me, later was the vice president of my college. And I remember we took a walk out in the forest, and he was talking with me about the will of God. And he said, you know, Paul, it could be that God brought you here for a purpose and that there's a reason for all of this and that God wants to use you someday to be a, a preacher and maybe help missions and, and, uh, and just keep a tender heart, he told me. And as he told me those things, we knelt down by a Korean War bunker where the rifles were peering out from the top of a little mountainside. And we, we knelt down on the top of that concrete bunker. And, and I prayed and I surrendered my life to whatever the Lord had for me. And I knew that a part of that would involve Bible college. And I remember surrendering to the Lord and saying, Lord, if you want me to go to Bible college, uh, all I really want to do is go back to maybe Colorado where all my relatives were and, and, uh, and just kind of settle back into America. But, but God was burdening me. Me to go to a place that I did not know or understand, to go to a Bible college. I'll never forget making that decision. I'll never forget as my mother walked me down to flight 002 from Seoul, Korea to Los Angeles, that long corridor. I remember the tears in my mother's face and even the tears of my own face as I left Korea and my family and came to come and attend Bible college. And yet I want to tell you something, as difficult sometimes as it is, to walk by faith. You're always going to be blessed when you walk by faith. I had no idea that God would help me through college the way he did. I had no idea that he would pay for my bills the way he did and give me jobs the way he did. I had no idea he would give me the wonderful wife that he gave to me. I had no idea that he would bring me to Lancaster, California, where we have seen more than 30,000 people accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. I had no idea that he would let me pastor a church that would support more than 220 million 
missionaries over $1 million every single year. I had no idea when I was a 17-year-old boy stepping out by faith on flight 002, the journey that God would give to me. But I'm glad that I launched out at the voice of God in my life. And I'm telling you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you never regret saying yes to God. You never regret it. Oh, what a blessing to launch out at his word. And we see that we must launch out at his word. But I want you to notice what else it tells us in verse 5, please. It says, at Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. Now notice here, it was at the word that he let down the net. But where was he going to let down the net? Notice in verse 4. It says, launch out into the what? Say it with me. Launch out into the? Into the deep. In other words, God says, Peter, I don't want you staying right by the shore. I don't want you to just stay so close that if there's any problem with turbulence, you can jump right back into your mother's arms. I don't want you to just stay so close to the shore that, you know, in case you fail, you've always got a fallback plan. God says, I want you to launch way out, Peter. I want you to get out there so that if the waters are really bad, the only way you're going to make it is if I help you. And sometimes when it comes to this matter of attending Bible college or for some of you graduating and going out into the ministry, we always want to have plan B. And this is the way sometimes secular people think. Well, if you can, I'll tell you what, honey, go to the university and get a degree and get a degree in physical therapy. And that way, if your husband's a failure as a missionary, you can always rub people's backs. Yeah. That's right. Go ahead and get this degree, and that way you'll have a fallback position. But sometimes God calls us into the deep so that our only fallback position is Jesus. And this is what God was saying. I want you to launch out. And sometimes the devil says, let's make a deal. I'll make a deal with you. You can just, you know, be real faithful in church and go to community college. Or you can do it this way. Or you can do it that way. But God said to Peter, Peter, I want you to launch out into the deep. I want you to get out where I can use you grateful in a great way. Now, how many of you are like me? Getting way out on water does make you pause just a little bit in your spirit. Anybody else like me? I want to know, you know, what's the boat like that we're going out on? Is the captain, you know, registered and properly trained? Are there plenty of life jackets? All of us have these questions. I remember years ago, I was with my granddad down in Mexico. We were fishing there. We had a whole bunch in our family on a fishing expedition. In fact, there were so many of us, we couldn't go out in my granddad's boat, so we chartered a little boat. And we went out in the Sea of Cortez one day to go fishing way out in the Sea of Cortez. And a storm came up, and I mean, it was, it was really billowing, and now the rain was coming down, and now lightning was coming down. And one by one, we all went in the bottom of that boat, our whole family. We were all sick and throwing up. What a family reunion that was. I'll never forget it. Finally, even my granddad, the biggest and strongest in the family, he even came down. And I remember at one point, that boat was being tossed so badly back and forth, and my granddad opened the door, and he went up to the skipper up at the top, and he said to him, he said, have you ever been in a storm this bad? I'll never forget what that man said. He said, see, but in a much bigger boat. <laughs> that didn't bring a lot of comfort into my heart when he said that. A much bigger boat. You know, when you get out in the deep, there's sometimes some waves. 
say, well, if I, if I go to Bible college, I mean, uh, you know, who, who's going who's gonna to make my lunch? And who, who's, how am I going to get a job? And, you know, what about my friends? And, and sometimes we think about those things, and yet that's why it's called faith. It's trusting God. It's believing God. It's learning how to grow and become an adult. And, and God says to Peter, Peter, I want you to leave the shore, and I want you to go way out where it's just you and me sailing and serving together. I want you to leave. Then, then not only does he want him to leave, he wants him to believe. He wants him to believe. Now notice what the Bible says here in verse number four. Launch out into the deep. That's the leaving. And let down your nets for a draft. He says, I want you, Peter, to prepare for what I'm about ready to do. Is there a young man in this room who believes humbly that God could use you to reach thousands of people with the gospel? Is there anybody here that dreams beyond just how do I get a job and pay a bill and get an apartment? How do I, how do I create a little comfort? Is there anybody here that dreams of reaching Seattle or Los Angeles or New York or Miami? Is there anybody here that dreams about souls in Manila? Is there anybody here that wants to get out into this world and do something great for God? Or does everybody here just want to sit on the dock and watch the birds as they fly by? Is there anybody here that's willing to say to Jesus, wherever you want me to go, that's where I'm willing to go? Is there anybody here that would say something other than, you know, if I could get a job at my home church, or if I could, you know, if I could uh, maybe do this one year thing of Bible and then, and then go on and really become this or that. Is there, but is there anybody that wants God to use their life? And if, if you do, then you must leave your comfort zone and you must believe that God will take care of you. Prepare for the draft. Satan has two primary tactics when it comes to neutralizing you spiritually. Discouragement and fear. Some of you, he wants you to stay fearful of launching out. And I tell you, that's Satan's tactic. And God is calling you to a life of faith. God is saying to us in Mark 5 and 35, while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain, which said, thy daughter is dead. Why troublest not the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. Would you say that with me? Be not afraid, only believe. Say it again. Be not afraid. Men, would you stand up? All the men. Because... I'm going to tell this to you, but you've got to believe it, and you've got to say it to somebody. Be not afraid, only believe. Let's say it together. Be not afraid. One more time. Be not afraid. What is it that you're facing? Is it a school bill? Is it where to go to college? Is it what you're going to do when you graduate? Be not afraid, only believe. Say it with me. Be not afraid. Say it like you're preaching to 500 people. Say it now. Be not afraid. Only believe. Somebody's got to say that to this generation. And all Jesus tells us, be not afraid. Only believe. I want to say to some of you that flew here on the airplane and to some of you that drove here, be not afraid. 
only believe. You may be seated. God says, I want you to leave, and I want you to believe. And so I see in this passage the compassion of Jesus. Hey, when Jesus gets into a stinky fishing boat, that's compassion. That's the compassion. And I see in this passage the command of Jesus that says, I want you to launch out into the deep. And some of you this morning need to say, by the grace of God, I'm going to find my way to West Coast Baptist College. By the grace of God, I'm going to finish my sophomore year. By the grace of God, I'm going to graduate and go out into the ministry. Be not afraid, only believe, trust, and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Sometimes I meet men as I go preaching across the country, and they'll come up to me. I'll never forget one man in particular. He pulled out his billfold. He said, could I tell you something, Pastor Chapel?" I said, sure. He said, look at right here. Listen to me now. He pulled out a decision card from a Christian camp. He said, I went to this camp here in 1967, and I told the Lord that I would give my life to full-time ministry. And right on that card, Brother Getch, it said full-time ministry. And this man, I don't know how old he would be now, probably in his 60s, he just began to weep, and he said, I never did it. I got a job, I did other things, and I have lived my entire life regretting that I didn't give my life to full-time ministry. Some of you are at that crossroads. You are either going to leave and believe God, or you're going to find yourself living a life of regret. I encourage you to follow the command of Jesus. Well, notice not only the compassion of Jesus, not only the command of Jesus, but finally, the commitment of a true disciple. Notice what it says in verse 5. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. By the way, why is it we have to tell God what he already knows? God, excuse me, I'm only 18. Um, I knew that. God, I don't know if you know this, but my parents divorced. I knew that. I don't know if you know this, God, but I don't come from a very wealthy family. Now, you can keep telling God everything he already knows, or you can start obeying him anytime. Peter says, now, Lord, you know, we fished all night, and, you know, we didn't really catch anything. But, he says, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, I see something significant here in verse 5, and I want you to notice it. It is the word master. A disciple must put his faith in Jesus as his master. He must recognize that Jesus is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We must come to an understanding that he is the master. And then we must secondly come to the place where we put our faith in his word. Nevertheless, at thy word. Now, why is it that we will put our faith in everybody else's word? Why is it that men in the military will trust the military to send them to Iraq or Afghanistan, but they won't trust God to send them to heaven? Why is it that you'll trust the salesman's word, but not necessarily God's word? I was preaching in Thailand years ago, and I was with uh, some preacher friends, and we were going to go preach in Singapore uh, the next day, and so we were on the way to the airport. We stopped at a little kind of a, kind of a trinket store to get some souvenirs, and I saw one of my friends, and he was talking to a watch salesman, 
and his name was Jim. And pretty soon after a while, he came out of that store. He had a beautiful watch on his hand, and he came up to me and said, hey, Brother Chapel, look at this watch. He said, you, you're not going to believe this. He said, this is a Rolex watch. He said, it, it, it's amazing, actually Swiss movement right here in Thailand. He said, Brother Chapel, I feel bad. I really do. I feel bad. But he said, I bought this watch from the guy for seven bucks. <laughs> Solid gold. I said, man, that's amazing, Jim. What an amazing, what an amazing man you are at negotiation and purchasing. <laughs> well, we got on the plane, and you know how flights sometimes get a little boring. He was a few seats behind me, and so I said, I said to him, I said, hey, I said, Jim, what time is it? And he said, 10 o'clock. And uh, about 10, 20 minutes later, I said, hey, Jim, what time is it? He said, 10 o'clock. <laughs> about 20 minutes later, I said, hey, Jim, what time is it? He said, shut up. <laughs> now, he had put his word, his confidence in the word of a salesman. He literally believed. He had bought a Rolex watch. He put his word, his confidence in that man's word, which got him nowhere, uh, didn't even get him to the next country before the watch broke. Why do we trust uh, men and women who smack talk on face, uh, Facebook? And why do we trust the gossips? And why do we trust the bad attitudes in the youth group? And why is it that we listen to those that are always criticizing? And why is it that we trust in the word of unstable people and not the word of Almighty God? At thy word... I will let down the net. Isaiah 55 and 10, as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of thy mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Oh, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And yes, Brother Getch, I'm thankful that when God called me to Lancaster in 1986 as a 24-year-old, not much older than many of you, that by faith I came. And I didn't know a lot. I didn't have a lot. We didn't even have a salary. Well, we came by faith. At thy word, we came. And we didn't know how it was all going to work out. I wrote some letters, uh, kind of like a missionary. And some people started to support us, and I knocked on doors. And one day I did a funeral for a family who lost their baby at the hospital, premature birth. And they gave me a $1,000 check. One day I preached at a church, and a lady came up and, and, and gave us $500. And it was just here, and it was there. And God began to bless, and God kept food on our table. I wouldn't trade what God has done in my life for all the tea in China. I'm telling you, it's exciting to trust God by faith. Amen. At thy word, I will let down the net. Oh, we must have faith in the Lord Jesus. We must learn to walk in close fellowship with the Lord Jesus. This is what Bible college is about many times. Not just the education, but learning how to walk with God. Look what the Bible says in verse 8. Simon Peter saw it. He fell down at his knees saying, Oh, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Sometimes we come to Bible college. Sometimes we get in the ministry and we think, Well, you know, they're lucky they got me. I mean, I graduated top of my class. Of course, there were three of us in the class, but still, I was right there at the top. And I won the homeschool speech contest, and I, I won the Christian school football game, and so here I am, and uh, good to see you, Brother Getch. Would you like me to sign your Bible? <laughs> That's kind of where Peter started. Jesus, if you need my help, I'll get you across the lake. I'm, I'm pretty good at currents and everything. But now, 
we see Peter growing. And now Peter says, oh, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Lord, you don't need me. I need you. Lord, I can't do this without you. Woe is me. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I, I, I thought I got all the answers on the internet, but I found, Lord, that's not enough. I, I need you. I've got to have your presence. I've got to follow you. And so he began to grow. He began to bear fruit. Notice in verse 7, the Bible says, and they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship and they, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Hey, let me tell you something. God not only can pay your bill, he can put a snicker, box, a snicker bar in your pocket too. God not only can pay your bill for school, he can put clothes on your back. God didn't just fill one ship, he filled two ships. As, as soon as Peter realized who he was and who God is, God began to bless him and God began to use him in a great way. And you say, Brother Chapel, what's it all about? Why did God want to use Peter? Why does God want me to train in a Christian college, in a Bible college, to be a teacher or to be an evangelist or to get involved in tech ministry and supporting a local church or uh, to preach the Word of God? Why? What's this all about? Notice in verse 10, please please. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Now let me ask you a question. What are you hoping to catch in this life? What is it? A dollar? A Maserati, a Cadillac, what is it that you want out of this life? Because I'll tell you what Jesus wants you to get out of this life, the only thing that lasts, and that is a soul, the souls of men. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. Can I tell you that God has given to me many great blessings, but no greater blessing than leading one person to Jesus Christ. I was at the hospital the other day and talking to a man uh, and praying with him. And as I finished praying with him, I just said, Lord, we thank you that our sins are washed by your blood. We thank you that we know we're on our way to heaven because of your blood. And, and I prayed with brother, in fact, brother Gary Williams. Then I was walking, walking back from there after I talked to brother Williams. He may be here this morning. And, and the man in the next bed to me, bed to him said, pastor, come in here. I walked inside, and we have a lot of members in our church. I said, am I your pastor? He said, no. I said, well, do you go to church anywhere? No. I said, well, what can I do for you? He said, I need to be washed in the blood. I said, excuse me? You've never been to church? No. But he said, I need to be washed in the blood. He said, I heard you pray that if we're washed in the blood, our sins are washed away. Then he was breathing with a breathing machine. <gasps> he said, I need to know that my sins are washed away. And I had the joy of opening the Bible and showing him that Jesus died for him and that if he would pray and accept Jesus as his Savior, that when he died, he could go to heaven and what it meant to be washed in the blood. And just a little while later, he prayed and accepted Christ as Savior. He was washed in the blood. His name's in the book. He's heaven bound. And I had the privilege of being a small part of being the witness, the messenger boy for God. Hey, I got to tell you, there's nothing greater than being used of God. Say, oh, Brother Chapel, I bet you get to do some great things as a pastor of a church like this. 
Made some neat people. Oh, God's been so good to us. I've met a lot of interesting people. But the most interesting ones are the ones that pray to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. What are you going to give your life to? Here he says, I want you to catch men, Peter. Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. Hey, hey, junior, hey, senior, thinking about, whoa, moving away from home, paying some bills, uh, a little stronger academics. I want to tell you something. Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. Let's say that together. Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt Say it again. Fear not, from henceforth thou catch men. Soul winning, reaching others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of you today need to say this. Look here and I'm done. At thy word, I will let down the net. Lord, if you're calling me to leave home and to go out into the deep, then at thy word, I will let down the net. Let's say that together. At thy word, I will let down. You mean launch out into the deep? Yes. You mean believe that God is able? Yes. At thy word, I will let down the net. I want to challenge some of you today to launch out, to step out by faith and let God use you in a great, great way. Would you stand with me, please? Would you just stay very still and get very comfortable for a moment as we stand, please? No one's walking, no one's looking around. And would you join me in prayer, please? Our Father, we come before you to thank you that Jesus condescended to our low estate, that even though we are sinners, you came into our stinky little boats and you taught us and you loved us and you saved us. And then, Lord, you tell us that we're to launch out and you command us. So, Lord, I want to pray right now that you would help us to obey at your word, that we would follow your word, and that we would be willing to live by faith. Our heads are bowed for just a moment. Our eyes are closed. I want to ask all of our West Coast Baptist College students, all of our guests, to think for a moment. How many of you would say, Brother Chapel, to the best of my ability right now, I have an understanding that I have stepped out by faith. I've surrendered my life. I've launched out. Some of you that are already in college, some of you that have already surrendered to come to Bible college, you say, I'm already there. I'm in the deep right now. I'm believing. I'm trusting. I don't know where the journey's going to take me, if it's a mission field, if it's a church. But I can tell you, Brother Chapel, to the best of my understanding, I'm out in the deep right now. I've launched out. I'm believing God. And I would just simply say, Brother Chapel, pray with me that God will provide. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not sitting at the dock. I'm not, I'm not keeping one foot on the shore with Mama. I mean, I'm in this thing. I'm in it with you. I've launched out into the deep. That's where I'm at. I'm trusting God. And if that's where you're at, you'll know it. How many of you would say, yes, that's where I'm at. Pray for me. Would you lift your hand? That's where I'm at. Pray for me. God bless you. God bless you. you may put your hands down. Now, some of you are just in the Bible college kind of checking it out. You've got your plans back home. You've got your, your fallback position. And some of you are here just kind of checking out the college. You're a senior in school. But now is the time. Now is the time for some of you to say, I'm going to cut the rope. I'm leaving the dock. I'm going out into the deep. I know that God is calling me. 
and I'm just going to trust the Lord to fill my boat with fish. I'm going to trust the Lord to pay my bills. How many of our guests and how many of our students, maybe freshmen, would just simply say, Pastor Chapel, by faith, at his word this morning, I'm launching out into the deep. I'm going to surrender my life to do exactly what God wants me to do in his service and in his ministry. By the grace of God, I'm cutting the cord and launching out into the deep this morning. Here's my hand. Pray for me. Would you lift your hand? Just hold it up all over this place. Here's my hand. Pray for me. I'm launching out into the deep. I'm launching out. Now, I'm going to ask the piano to play right now. If your hand is lifted, I want you to come right up here to the front. I want Brother Rasmussen and some of our leaders to come and pray with you. If you lifted your hand, just come right now. I'm launching out. If you're a student, if you're a guest, we want to have someone pray with you. Brother Shepard, take this side. There's someone here just to have a word of prayer with you. I'm launching out into the deep. Who else? Who else this morning? Brother Chapel. I'm cutting the rope. I'm, I'm getting off the dock. I'm leaving shore. I know God wants me in Bible college. I know God wants me in ministry. I'm just, I'm just doing what God wants me to do. I'm just launching out into the deep. I'm not going to try to figure out how to you know, make, make 100 grand in technology or how to be a physical therapist. I want to figure out how to get out there where God can bless and use me. Where God can bless and use me. Now, Father, I want to pray for these that have come and for these that are now still standing. Lord, that you'd bless this altar call and bless this invitation and use us to catch men. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Those of you that are standing, you have testified that you've already surrendered. So here's what I want to ask you. Are you catching men? Is there someone here that needs to say, Lord, use me in a greater way to reach the lost? Is there someone here God's giving you a city? God's burdening you with a people group. God's calling you to plant a church. As the piano plays now, I have prayed. I want to invite others to come now and say, Lord, I've surrendered my life, but I'm here to pray for fruit. I'm here to pray that you'd use me and help me and bless me. The altar call is open for you. If you'd like to come, you step right out. Just take some time with the Lord and say, Lord, use me. I'm out. I've launched out into the deep, Lord. I'm here in Bible college. Some of you might want to pray for your school bill. Somebody might want to pray for a job. And you say, Lord, I've launched out into the deep, but I'm here to say I I need your help. Fill my boat, Lord. Meet my need. Help me to reach the lost. At thy word, I will let down the net. 